Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Goodness, rest in peace to Richard Lewis. We were talking about that uh, before the show, Mark. I assume that's what you're doing there. Uh, yep. I guess his career really got revitalized, did it not? With Curb Your Enthusiasm, a whole uh, other group of people, maybe an age group, kind of found you know, kind of kind of found him. But uh, how old? Seventy six. Died of a heart wow, attack. Was he, that old? he was having some pretty massive health issues. He'd been yeah, off the was. last few seasons of Curb because he was diagnosed with Parkinson's and all that stuff. But since yeah. it's their final season, he was in the last few episodes. And quite fittingly, he and Larry David in one of the last episodes were arguing about who was going to die first because they wanted to they wanted to see who was going to get willed money from each other. And he's like, I'm not dying. You're dying first. It's pretty great. Apparently, Larry David put out this statement yesterday. You know, uh, even in a rest in peace statement, you know, Larry David sure. makes it funny and everything else. And uh, it was heartfelt. But I didn't know this. This is true. That And, Mark, you probably saw this, that they were born in the same hospital three days apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, I heard David. that before. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy, that is, is it not? Yeah. It's kind of freaky. I don't know. So uh, rest in peace there. Uh, all right, so Chris Ballard going to join us at 930. Matt Taylor at 830. I want to get to some of this Ballard sound, but uh, what else stood out from you yesterday? What uh, today are we hoping to maybe try to extract from the general manager of the Indianapolis well, Colts? I, Anything? I think, you know, our conversation, you can throw some elements, a little bit more big picture stuff with him. You know, I think when you get into those settings from yesterday and it's the first time he's spoken about a month and a half a lot of it can focus on short term and you know certainly the franchise tag window again ends in five days we're less than two weeks away from uh, free agency uh, there's obviously a lot of combine centric questions draft related questions so I think it can kind of be a balance of both of those things of sure you know I've got a couple uh, kind of loose ends to tie up with Michael Pittman Jr. and you know toss a Richardson question or two but you know also you can get into a little bit more of the big picture stuff from him. At some point, Andy, I don't think it's the most pressing thing in the world, but we probably should give some thoughts on that NFLPA survey. I know that was a kind of a big topic of discussion yesterday. The NFLPA, for the second straight year, uh, handed out 32 surveys, so basically players for their respective teams, um, you know, provide a... Uh, uh, lifestyle, I, 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 I'm trying to look for the right word, like a lifestyle evaluation of the respective franchise that they play for. Certainly the grades were not ringing endorsements for the Colts by any means. I'd say workplace uh, environment rating, basically. Yeah, workplace environment is probably a good way to 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 put it. Um, you know, some travel questions in there as well. So uh, we can uh, share some thoughts on that because I know Bauer was asked about it yesterday. Real yeah, quick, did you, you see, did you see the Bengals got an F- minus in food? <laughs> what are they feeding them in Cincinnati? Do they is it just the skyline, skyline for every meal? Yeah, I mean, that F- minus. if they win a game? Ugh. 
Skyline. Skyline is uh, that's like July radio somewhere, but man, Skyline is. Uh, does it make you want to go to that bathroom over yeah, there? Yeah, usually it uh, probably does. Uh, the thing they were really docked on were the Colts. They got a D uh, in treatment of family. Uh, only 47% of the players felt like they had a comfortable amount of personal space during flights. Um, they also, the Colts players, complained of a cramped plane um, where they got smaller seat, seats and the staff got priority uh, on bigger seats. Uh, the other item, they went daycare at the stadium, Yeah, they right? went daycare. Uh, they're one of seven teams that do not provide daycare support for players' children on game day. Oh, welcome to America uh, right now. Yeah. There's a child care I, I, I shortage. I mean, okay? I mean, part of it, they did ask the, the Chiefs owner got a D. And I was just laughing at that because they just won the Super Bowl. So I don't know how much. Now, I would gotta, his daughter get a well, – Would she well, get the same set, grade? Settle, or would, settle down. I didn't know where you were no. going. I didn't know where you are going with that. <laughs> yes, we'll just go with yes on that. I, I don't think – I think the average person doesn't give a rat's you-know-what about this. I, I have, Not 1%. I, I have little care, to be honest with you, about it. Some of the grades, they certainly eyebrow raise. But if you looked around the league, I would say – a lot of teams had some pretty poor grades in some areas. Some of the stuff Chris Bauer I know would push back on. Um, others I'm thinking, well, that seems like an easy fix. And, and obviously I joke about, well, I don't really joke about it because we do have a child care shortage in our, uh, in our country, but that's neither here nor, nor yeah. there. Part of me is like, I mean, is it that hard to find a you know, handful of people that can help out on game day and turn on you know, Bluey and Peppa Pig in a room at the basement of Lucas Oil Stadium? Are you right? I, I love how you do make it sound that, how easy it is. Just toss on, I was going to say the DVD player, but who has a DVD anymore? Such an old thing for me to say. I mean, let's just get some blocks in there. Player. I mean, come yeah. on now. Can we get yeah. a couple spare footballs, yeah, maybe some get dirt some footballs, balls? Get a train, you know? Come on. What are we doing here? The, uh, the best was... Head coach got an A+. Plus. So if you're Shane Steichen, you're like, no, these grades mean something, man. So they like Shane Steichen. Do we That's have the Ballard clip on this answer? Because Ballard wasn't he, he, he wasn't totally on board. Mark, with, it's not in my cuts. It's with, in the O drive uh, and the other ones. If Mark, you if you find it, let me know. Um, again, some of this stuff certainly didn't improve from last year. Honestly, a lot of it got worse. That's probably what stood out to me. I did like a side-by-side picture of the tweet yesterday of the yeah. 2023 rankings to 2024. So um, at the end of the day, I said this JMV yesterday afternoon, I just think it's a tad overblown. Like, is any of this keeping the Colts from attracting free agents or keeping free agents? Right. I would say no. Does some of it look a little poor and it's probably smart to try and clean up? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm, but I'm, I'm not losing sleep over I, the. Old. I'm not too hot taking on the, the things that I might care about. I mean, we all probably feel in a somewhat similar fashion about work environments that we have been in before. Oh yeah. And I'm sure yeah. these surveys would look very similar to. You want to do that? You want to do other, a? You want to do a, a survey around the fan and see what's going on? Other uh, other companies? <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe, you don't want you know, to do that? Yeah, maybe maybe past you know past work environments. Uh, Chris Ballard, again, coming up at 930. Uh, we'll get to some of that sound here in a second. Did you happen to see this worked its way around yesterday? Uh, it's not like a, it's it worked its way around the combine. It's not a combine story. Did you see the report? Uh, first of all, Miko Hardman, who caught the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl, okay? He went on... What was it? The Pivot Podcast, I believe, with um, with with Ryan Clark, who, by the way, who I love. 
uh, in the media, who is back at ESPN, signed a new deal His there. Son just committed to Notre Dame. Oh, did like, he? A transfer, yeah. Well, Arizona State. What's going on with all these sons of all these you know good and great former players all committing to Notre Dame? It's a forty-year decision. And what's going on here? Not a four-year. Have they? Have they not? <laughs> it's a it's a brotherhood. You got Erlacher now. You got Ryan Clark. Who else is over there now, Kev? You got a who's who? Plaxico Burns. Oh, yeah, my we, goodness. We, we mm-hmm. talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago. But anyway, so Miko Hardman basically made it sound like the Jets were so dysfunctional. Now, the Jets are dysfunctional, but he said he actually reached out to the Chiefs to come get him, to save him from the New York Jets. And then the story progressed yesterday, uh, and I know as many people around here, media guys uh, at the Combine were tweeting about it, That, and this is coming from Connor Hughes of SNY, that there was a, quote, validated belief that Miko Hardman, when he was with the Jets – frustrated uh, by his lack of playing time and everything else, uh, leaked the game plan to the Eagles and the Chiefs. Now, the funny thing with that is, I mean, the the Chiefs game, didn't the, didn't the Jets beat, or, or they beat the Eagles, did they not? I think they beat the Eagles this past year, but Sauce Gardner of the Jets and a couple other players put him on blast uh, believing that he leaked the game plan of the Jets. And now you can fill in the blank there of your own joke about the game plan of the New York Jets. The f- Jets. <laughs> and honestly, McCall Hardman got the last laugh, so you know what? Did he not? Then uh, he got saved it. then he caught the game when he touched down. In a very Good snaky way on that. Uh, I would say one of the ballad comments that stood out to me the most from yesterday was he is uh, gushing high praise on this 2024 draft class when it comes to the wide receiver position. Uh, Mark, cue, the, cue that clip up. Here was Ballard yesterday talking about the 2024 wide receiver draft. That'd be yeah. clip five, Mark. Good. It's depth. Yeah, a lot of depth um, at every level, as a matter of fact. No, it's really, it's strong. It's a really strong class. And I think every year, I mean, I don't know if you see them as strong as this, but I compare it almost like when Pitt came. I mean, that year was really good with, you know, and Jefferson and Ayuk and Pitt. Um, then the upper part of the draft, I mean, I think uh, C.D. Lamb was in that draft. I mean, it's a it's comparable. You know, when you hear those comments, Andy, I, I think first off, a lot of fans will probably like the tone of that certainly it sounds like the Colts are going to dip into it at some point uh, but the question that you have out of that again is if, if it's such great depth does that mean that 15 overall is where you start to tap into that and that's the debate that I've tried to get in with like you know Dane Brugler when we had him on yesterday go back to Daniel Jeremiah Tuesday you know at 15 do you look for where the scarcity is is scarcity more at edge rusher? Is scarcity more at corner? It sounds like corner has got some pretty good depth, to be fair. But that's, I think, the question you have is, you know, do you go a position where it's a little lighter on the shelf at 15, but it's still a very important position to you, and then do you come back in the middle of round two, and do you find that wide-out depth and, and, and try to, you know, bolster that area with that? Because, and Dane said this to us, Yesterday, I mean, until Mason Sweeney has armpit hair, there's going to be great depth in these wideout yeah. classes. So yeah. I mean, that, that's just how the game. He basically said, from now until the end of football, we're going to look at yeah. it and say, boy, there's a bunch of good wide receivers. This is where the game has changed right. and really evolved. So, uh, again, it sounds like the Colts will dip into that at some point. Uh, Ballard, I, I think, offered a decent amount of regret for not 
giving Reggie Wayne and this offensive staff more wide receiver help last year. You know, he brought up the Ashton Doolin injury. Um, it still seems like a lot of eggs to put in the Doolin basket to have him as your real insurance policy. But, you know, I, I think it's fair to say they kind of ran Pittman and Pierce into the ground with how much they needed to play them last season. Some would argue that, you know, playing Pierce that much is not what you want to do to begin with, but they just didn't have a lot of guys that they trusted at that outside wide receiver spot. Even Josh Downs, they played a lot more than, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie barely played when he Mm -hmm. wasn't suspended. So um, I do think that's an area that certainly needed to be addressed in a more serious manner in recent off seasons. I sound like a broken record with that. No one needs me to repeat that. But it does sound like Chris is a big fan of this year's draft class at wide out. Well, I know. Like, I know you and him have had, you and Ballard have had the wide receiver thing. But in this case, you're right. I mean, I think they were, KB, they were fortunate. We went into that season last year. I mean, I just started. And one of our first kind of, I don't want to say a negative Colts conversation was they are so thin at wide receiver that if they sustain a injury, two injuries, there's going to be a big problem. And, you know, I thought Josh Downs had a great year, but, I mean, you saw Josh Downs really from, what, middle of the season, right around that New England. Didn't he play just a little bit in Germany, if I'm not mistaken? I mean, he went through... Yeah, a big catch in Germany. Yeah, I mean, he went, he went through injury issues. He kind of hit a little bit of uh, maybe that rookie or freshman wall. So, you know, there are things on this roster that you look at and you say, okay, this is a draft. Uh, this is something that we're going to be able to go in the draft and figure out. There are other things you look at and say, hey, it might be a little bit more free agency. For me, and Ballard may ultimately disagree, I want to see a veteran at the corner spot. Again, at 15, he may see a Nate Wiggins uh, or someone like that. He would not like commit that. to that, by the way, yesterday. No, he wouldn't. I understand. And I understand. Being gung-ho as a vet. Yeah. I, 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 and so that that's just the way I it. The wide receiver position is one that he is going to have to get something in free agency that a veteran in here who is better than Isaiah McKenzie, who's also not going to get suspended or fumble the football like Isaiah McKenzie, and then he's going to have to, I think, also uh, get somebody in the draft. I think for me, you know, 15 might be too rich for this guy. Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU, the other, the you know Malik Neighbors on one side, Brian Thomas on another. Is that too high? You know well, he is I seen think... as down the field, six four again, but he's a power forward guy. I don't right. know. So he might and, be turned off by that. That's the question I have: is you know the type of wideout they draft? That's going to be a big tell on what how they view Alec Pierce. Um, you know, Brian Thomas very raw, very young. Like you said, you know, six four, great downfield ability, et cetera, et cetera. But to me, and what I've asked Dane Brugler and what I've asked Daniel Jeremiah is, find me the make you miss guys. Right. Find me the yards after catch guys. That's the skill set I want to see inserted into this room. Now, if they do opt to go more of the power forward, more of because that's the Ballard mold. The Ballard mold is Brian Thomas. That, that, that is his M.O. It's the height, it's the weight, it's the infatuation with the measurables. If that's the path you go, if I'm Alec Pierce, I'm shaking in my boots a little well, bit. Well, yeah, I, I think it tells you what you need to know. Now, 
Alec Pierce, I don't think, has done enough to earn the right to all of a sudden the Colts just say, oh, no, we don't need anything there. At the same time, I think Alec Pierce can say, hey, you've given me quarterbacks that can barely throw it past 20 yards down the field on a consistent basis. So, you know, let, let's see what I can do with Anthony Richardson there. But, again, Ballard, certainly a huge, huge fan of this wide receiver draft class. We'll get more into some of these clips. Mark, you said Jeff's on the line. Want to talk a little Colts draft? Yep. Let's get to Jeff here on this Thursday morning. Good morning, Jeff. What's on your mind? What's up, fellas? Hey, I think it's uh, edge rusher bar none. I mean, the, the offense really I like wasn't, that. It wasn't it wasn't bad at all. Um, scored a lot of points, and you know, Minshew had a great year, but he also missed a lot of throws. Um, I don't really understand the comment about playing Alec Pierce, and and I get Pittman because. He's kind of a more of an inside guy. He's getting beat to hell, but uh, you got to play Al Pierce as much as you can play. But you got to have a rush. Quiddy Pay's been a bust. Our interior defensive line is really good. It's probably one of the best in the NFL, I think. But you got to get some pass rush. If you don't, um, then everything else I don't think comes into play. If you do, it just makes that team so much stronger. I, I think that's unless unless you go get Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, because I think he's a game changer. I think he's a top 10 receiver first year out. Um, but other than that, you, you've got to go get you got to go get rush on, on the pass. You can't take a – I was sat next to a guy on a plane the other day that was a Saints coach, and he said, you can't guess on blitzes. You're not going to win. But the majority of the time when you guess to go blitz, so you've got to be able to rush with four guys and, and go get to the quarterback. Yeah, Jeff, I think better chance Tiger Woods wins all four majors this year than the Colts trade up and get Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> Having said that, I could not agree more with the edge rush need. And Jeff and I, I'm afraid Andy are on a different island than Chris Bauer. I don't know if he views it in that light of the need there to dudes over scheme. You know, uh, can your four-man rush go out there and win? And, you know, I brought up this stat at the end of the season – Andy, of the 17 quarterbacks you faced last year, 10 of them were rookies or backups. You know, you're not going to have oh, that it was a gra- luxury. It was a graveyard of quarterbacks. You're not going to yeah. have that luxury this season. First off, on paper, it looks nowhere near like it did last season. And naturally, injury luck probably is just not going to be in your favor like it was. I mean, remember, until C.J. Stroud, what was it? you got to go back like uh, Matthew Stafford to find the last healthy starting quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, oh, they went that two, they had faced. They went two months. You know, because right? Baker Mayfield yeah. gotten hurt early in that game. So uh, that, to me, even adds to it of, yeah, you had a really nice sack number, but you didn't have enough consistent pressure number last season. It's, I think, part of the reason why you moved on from Nate Ali as your defensive line coach. Um, so to me, uh, that's where I would look. But, again, I, I don't know – and I'm a little worried, which is kind of weird for me to say because Ballard is such an advocate of trench play, trench play, trench play. Well, I, that's I'm but surprised I'm you're not, saying that, honestly. Cause, uh, but because when you listen to his answers, I know he's going to have. Don't you hear that? There's going to be someone there who is going to be considered a big time pass rusher at 15. I hope I'm if, wrong. If you think four quarterbacks go, right, and then, then at least three, if not four, wide receivers are gone by 15. Joe Alt will be gone, right? Joe Alt will, will, will definitely be gone. Um, who else am I missing? Probably at least one or two of the corners will be off the board. And then if I give you Brock Bowers is going to be off the board in those first 14 picks. I mean, add that up right there. Chris Bauer would get almost the pick 
of who he would want on the defensive line. Would he not? Yeah. I, I mean, Chop Robinson, Darius Robinson, Jared I agree. Verse, I, I just Any of those guys. I don't know. He strikes me as someone that, you know, wants to Well, you don't think he's going to take a wide receiver 15, do you? A little you? bit more on these young guys. I know, but, you know. Uh, you seem conflicted this morning. You seem very conflicted. Which, you know, to be fair, is probably what should be, you know, happening. Um, I think when the draft gets a little closer, you know, in recent years, have you know, been able to kind of peg the Colts a little bit more than, you know, late February. Um, and obviously, you know, tomorrow or frankly today, what happens at the combine is going to be huge. I mean, today's a massive day for the pass rushers. Sure. Massive day for the defensive line group. And Chris Boward, we know how much he's enamored with workout numbers and testing traits and all of that. So it's a big day for the Colts as they settle and firm up their draft board. All right, more of those Ballard clips will play coming up on the other side. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, 830. Ballard himself joins us right here at 930. Live at the Convention Center, it is the Wake Up Call. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, hanging out with us here. We love it. Uh, I guess we played the jumping around for him. By the way, are I you just, raising the roof, Matt? I, no, it's Matt for leap year. It's, it's a, for leap it's day. Very, oh, there you go. Jumping yeah. around Old on leap and musty day. musty thing to do is to raise the roof. Well, I'm like at Wisconsin, right? Third uh, quarter, fourth quarter. Can, can I say something? I, I just met Joel A. Erickson, had not met him. We've only had him on the air. Uh, the guy can wear a pair of jeans, man. Wish I could do that. I'm a fat guy. It's so, a very you know, weird thing to it, say. It's a very weird thing to say. <laughs> I did not have that on the bingo card today. No, how about that belt, huh? Yeah, how about that? Oh, Joel, you can endorse yourself on LinkedIn. In for that. Uh, Matt, what's going on, Mate? What's happening with um, you, brother? Hanging at the combine with you fellers. You know? Sorry we made you get up early to get down here. You He's know? one of the early risers. I know. Right? You, 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 no, listen, all the other radio hacks, there's no one here uh, right now. Can, Look at it. Look yeah. around. We're the only ones. Yeah, today's like uh, a golf tournament. You know, like It's moving day, right? Everybody you know, come in, get the GM on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then, yeah, content-wise, we're good. But they stayed out late last night. Yeah, there was you that, go. That's, was that, that's probably was, more accurate. Was that what happened? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Matt Taylor with us here, voice of the Colts. Reminder, Chris Ballard going to join us here in about an hour uh, here on the program. Uh, boy, I you know. 15, 20 minutes of a conversation, that press conference with Ballard yesterday. What did you take away from it? Uh, any deflections? Anything you liked? What did you make of his conversation? Well, just excited to hear that Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be a Colt one way or another. And they have until next Tuesday to figure out the uh, franchise tag position. But, you know, come September, Chris Ballard was pretty definitive. Love the way that uh, the, the savvy veteran of Mike Chappell framed the question to get an answer out of Chris Ballard. Oh, the which, Hall of Famer. Which he acknowledged. So uh, Michael Pittman Jr. going to be in the fold somehow, some way uh, come next year, which I think is very important. We, we've talked about this. We talked with JMV last night. I mean, there's this debate that, you know, Michael Pittman Jr., is he a one, is he not? I, I, don't, I don't know what that means. You, you want a player like Michael Pittman Jr. on your team because of what he can do and you know, the, the high-volume catches and, uh, you know, tough catches, third down, crunch time, overtime, as we saw this year in, in Tennessee. Um, so that part is very exciting. And what I learned yesterday, kind of relearned from Chris Ballard, because you get 
you kind of forget these things year to year. But, you know, you, you supplement in free agency on the non-depth pieces or positions in the draft. And what those are, we're still kind of figuring out. That's what the Combine is here for. So um, really good to hear from the GM yesterday and just exciting that one of the best players and important players on the team is going to be back. They're going to figure it out in some capacity for 2024. Yeah, sticking to wide out here. And again, voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, of course, with us live at the convention center. You know, he expressed a lot of regret yesterday I thought as well. The Ashton Doolin thing, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, saying I, I needed to support Reggie Wayne and that offensive staff more. And then on top of that, he then gushed over this year's wide receiver mm-hmm. draft depth class. So I think it's a sign if you just add that up, wide out is a need for the Colts at right. some point this offseason, even if, or I should say even when, they officially <clears throat> bring Pittman back. I'm just curious, Matt, how that looks. You know, again, Ballard said yesterday, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, I should have done more to help mm-hmm. out the wide receiver position last year for the coaching staff and the Ashton Doolin injury that you bring up was a reason why. But, you know, okay, now how do you handle that draft depth? Because right. it, it is such a great and deep class. Does that mean you can be more patient with it? Does it mean you, you know, uh, tap into that high right. end of it? Uh, really curious to see how that will evolve. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, when you lose Ashton Doolin, you lose – uh, a guy that can play inside and outside, be part of your, your three-man uh, or your top three wide receiver rotation if you need him to at a pinch. Also, the special teams component to it, too. And, you know, no disrespect. And like Chris said, no disrespect to, you know, DJ Montgomery or Jawan Morgan. Um, or, excuse me, Jawan Winfrey. Yeah, your part. Jawan got, Morgan, got, solid wing got, for Tom Green. Got the Hoosier uh, <laughs> component still there. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's right. And you also, too, want to supplement Anthony Richardson with – stability around him offensively but you can't forget about protection as well and Ryan Kelly is eventually going to come up Braden Smith who had surgery is eventually going to come up and it sounds like the the tackle depth in this draft is there that might be in play at 15 take best player available to you know supplement your your offensive line here going forward for the future um the 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 question I always have about the wide receivers and it's always such a deep draft class at that position here the last couple of years is the question I always ask myself is with so many offensive players that are going to seemingly go on a run at the top of the draft Mm -hmm. and all these quarterbacks pushing down more talent to the Colts can you get you know like the second or third best corner can you get the first or second best defensive end see that's where I'm at that's exactly where I'm at while also waiting at wide receiver and being able to get you know, whatever it is, whatever it's a deep the, wide receiver, whatever class. the evaluation yeah. is, 85 to 90 percent of the third or fourth best wide right. out at the seventh or eighth best wide receiver position uh, in the draft in the second round. I mean, Josh Downs was a third round pick and he's your guy. I mean, he's a, a core player now uh, with Anthony Richardson, uh, Richardson here going forward. So that part is exciting. I do think it makes a lot of sense to bolster the offense in protection and playmakers on the outside while also helping Michael Pittman Jr. I I said at the beginning, the Colts need to get more explosive. That's what Chris Ballard alluded to at the end of the season. Bring back Pittman, but also add some more pop on the outside. I think Richardson coming back in and of itself will add to the explosivity of the offense. I mean, we saw that in the first month of the season. Mm -hmm. Naturally, that's going to help, and obviously it, it tailed off because of the playing style of Gardner Minshew. Um, but it, it's it's a really exciting what the Colts can do with the cap space, where they're picking in the draft, 
and Anthony Richardson and, and, and his, his ceiling just being so high. You know, I'm not a very good analogy guy. I know during the season, Matt, we had you on every Friday <laughs> and begged you for opponent-specific analogies. You were outstanding per usual with that. But I think we're all on the same page with how you view draft depth. And the analogy that I'm trying to make is like, okay, I, I got to go into a gas station. I need to come out with a Reese's and a peanut butter M&M's, okay? So that one of that is defensive end, one of that's wide out. And you only right? have $4. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I can only go in the store once every hour, okay? okay? And right. I can only pick one at a time. I go in there, and there's three Reese's, and there's eight peanut butter exactly. M&M's. Exactly. I'm probably going to buy that Reese's, right? Right. Because if I can only be in here one time in an hour. Because Andy's coming right behind you. Right. Damn right. And yeah. all of a sudden, I want to make sure there's a chance those peanut butter. Scarcity. M&Ms right. are there. And that, what I think, what's, I, I think that's wide out. What's and, more? And A.J. Browns and D.K. Metcalfs and Terry McLaurins. And, I mean, you can find, you brought up Josh Downs. I mean, it just seems like that position offers a little bit more of day two. Uh, hits than well, some others. What was the draft class of C.D. Lamb? I mean, what year was that? It was 2020. Yeah, okay. yeah. Brought that we up talked yesterday. about it. Yeah, Chris yeah. talked about this. Mm-hmm. This is this is that draft class, maybe even right. better. Yeah, T. Higgins of, and Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, you the first can, two picks you around might be so. able to get a, a day three guy that yeah. can crack the top three of your wide receiver rotation. Yeah. And, and D. Bill Samuel's a second round pick. And, and then if that's the case, I mean, Alec Pierce is a damn good number four. Ashton Doolin's a damn good number five, right? And, and, and then you bring in more competition later in the draft, undrafted free agency, to see if you can push some of these guys so um, I, I'm with you it, it what's what's harder to accommodate um, or acquire I should say what's harder to bring into your to your roster um, at a position of need at a premium spot um, t- t- in order to win in order to win big it's nowadays it's quarterback obviously check that off the list you got wide receiver you have corner defensive end and tackle the Colts are pretty good at, at a lot of those positions obviously the 51 sacks last year you tip your cap to to the Colts there, but I agree with what you've said. It's it's situational pass rush. It's getting after the quarterback to affect a throw in the fourth quarter of a Week 18 game against the Houston Texans, right? Yeah. Sometimes you just need a guy that's a stud that has 13 sacks on the season that even though the offensive line is going to rotate that way, put right. a lot of pressure or a lot of emphasis on that guy, he's still going to win in a high leverage situation. The Colts are still kind of looking for that guy, and I think those guys only come high in the draft maybe not at 15 but I think principally speaking you know it's corner it's defensive end and then maybe you'll wait on wide out and I, don't, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that but maybe that might be the the thing to, to think about going into this it's draft. it's just not all about the sacks you know I go back to Nick Bosa and Chris Jones it's in the Super Bowl throws. they had no sacks and right. they were huge parts of the game hell go back to IU the other night I know again maybe this is an awful analogy but Khalil Ware's ability to jump in the air all of a sudden made Tyler Wall shoot that ball a little bit higher, and that was a huge well, play in the game. And it doesn't pop up as a who, as a as a block in the box score, but that's a huge moment. Again, it's impacting things. To your point, make that clock be sped up a little bit more. If that pressure, if that hurry right. leads to a quicker throw, it can be the difference in the game. Who was it off the edge and uh, on the fourth and one play? Houston Texans, Week 18. Was that Jonathan Grenard? Mm-hmm. Who's got, a free agent, yeah, by the way? Got up yeah, the yeah. field just a right, little right, bit. Right, right. Got into the passing lane mm-hmm. of Gardner Minshew, yep. trying to throw it out yeah. to Goodson. Will Anderson to, Jr. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, okay, yeah. it was Will. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. it might have been Grenard. But to your point, like it's yep. not just it's not just the sack numbers. It's mm-hmm. what do you do to affect 
each and every play in high leverage situations. Do you have a guy? Do you have a guy? I mean, come on, it doesn't matter. We all have a guy. I don't like, have a guy. If the yet. Colts, if the if the Colts no, no guy. take this Sounded guy, like you you'll be Joel very Erickson happy. In the jeans, right? <laughs> oh yeah, he's a good-looking guy. We know who your guy is. Hey, Joel Erickson is a good-looking guy. No, I don't have a guy yet. I mean, oh come on, the, the guy, the guy. guy that I've read the most about in terms of mock drafts is probably Bowers, Brock okay. Bowers, right. the tight end out of Georgia. I mean, who is speaking today here in a little over yeah. an hour? Yeah, what time is that? Nine forty-five. Ten o'clock. Ten, right? Yeah, you know me. Trying to run over there and get. Him, yeah. I mean, I, I've already started collecting data, and, oh, sure. and I read stuff, and I copy and paste and clip and sort <laughs> and organize. And Bowers is the guy that I probably have the most uh, like database on, just because I've seen him the most as it relates to the Colts. And I've been asking the guys that we've been talking to, you know, like if you bring in Bowers. Obviously, that's exciting because of uh, his versatility, all the things that Shane Steichen can do with a tight end and his history of success at that position. But if you're bringing him, does that alleviate the need to bring in another outside receiver to compliment Michael Pittman Jr.? And you would not believe how many guys say yes. Hmm. Yeah, that you're you're good. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know I, if I, don't, I feel I mean, that way. I kind of want both. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of greedy. Yeah, I kind of want it I all. You know, I want uh, I want the outside guy, the inside between the numbers guy, and Michael Pittman. Plus, I want, you know, the Colts 2024 version of, of Dallas Clark or George Kittle or whomever you want to compare him to. Um, but, but yeah, he's the guy that is most tantalizing, if you will, in terms of, man, if he's there, how do you pass that up? I want to ask you one more about the Colts free agent list. You got just a sec if, oh, we, yeah. if we hit a break here. Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts with us live at the Combine. Things starting to pick up a little bit here on this Thursday morning. Chris Ballard going to join us at this very table coming up in 45 minutes. Uh, we'll continue the conversation with Matt Taylor next. I just met Joel A. Erickson. The guy can wear a pair of jeans, man. Yes, there we go. That's how you. That's how you turn around some sound. I like that, Mark Dighton. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, with us here, uh, hanging out at the NFL Combine. Reminder: Colts general manager Chris Ballard set to join us around nine thirty. You had a free agent question. I'm wearing khakis, least. by the way. I'm wearing khakis over here, <laughs> and I'm not wearing they these look very good. well. Yeah, uh, very little Matt Taylor. No, very smart on that end. Khakis uh, today. Khakis. Free agency may take uh, less than two weeks away. Thirteen yeah. days away from. We've talked so much about the big guys. Zach Moss, Taekwon Lewis, Rigoberto Sanchez. Oh, I'm like, okay. You're going there. You yeah, go. I mean, like, right. you know, when you talk about – we kind of made the analogy a few weeks ago. Guys you stand on a table for, guys you stand on a stool for. I, I thought Taekwon Lewis was more than oh, a feel-good story last I'm so, year. I'm so glad you went there because I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think he had – what was it? Four sacks, nine tackles for a loss. You can double-check me. Thirteen quarterback hits. Yeah. And he played like 36% of the right, snaps right. last year. And late in the year, they increased his role. That's exactly right. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, normally when you're not playing the full gamut of snaps throughout the course of a game at that position, it kind of takes you a little bit to set things up and get warmed up and get revved in. So My, my point is those numbers based on his amount of snaps, it's incredibly efficient. And it's just amazing that he's able to just come in the game cold, if you will, off the bench and be as productive as he was. And you're right, towards the end of the season, week 18, I can distinctly remember a third down package that had Taekwon Lewis, Dio Adangbo, uh, DeForest Buckner, and uh, Samson Abicom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Quiddy Pay had similar numbers and played like 
295 or 300 more snaps right. on the season right. than Tyquan Lewis. Mm-hmm. And he's amazing to me because of all that he's been through, uh, you know, back-to-back seasons in 21 and 22 where he has the patellar injury in October. His season's over. And, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, you, you bring him back on one-year deals and you're thinking, all right, you know, kind of like let's see what you got. I mean, if, right. if he can kind of coming off the injury. Does he, he even can, make the team, Right, frankly. can he scratch and claw for, for a roster spot? And this might be the third year in a row where he comes back in free agency, and I don't know why you wouldn't because of what he gives you a good rotational piece, and towards the end of the season, he was proven he was more than just that. He was a guy you could really count on to play inside and outside, especially in big games. Uh, what are who, who do you guys have coming up today? Who are you going to be interviewing today? And I know yeah. the last day or so, boy, you guys have had uh, – Quite the, uh, you know, I don't know. We look over there. There's always a good guess. So what have you? No, I what have you, what have you gleaned from the guys that you have talked to and who you got coming up today? Yeah, so far this week we've had uh, Daniel Jeremiah, a lot of guys from Pro Football Focus, uh, all the AFC South play-by-play guys, Eric Edholm, NFL.com, a lot of guys from CBS, Charles Davis from mm-hmm. NFL Network. Uh, today we got more. Uh, we got Solomon Wilcots from SiriusXM stopping by, uh, Jim Miller and Pat Kerwin from SiriusXM. Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl is going to swing by. So we're kind of banking all that and then, as uh, as they say, matriculating it out a little bit well, at a time. Your conversations, I would imagine, last year are much different than they are this year. They're actually a little bit more enjoyable. I, not, would, not as, I would imagine I don't wanna, so. Maybe that's not the right word, but it's not as stressful. Right. You know, it's, like, it's not all just one topic hit on over and over, obviously, with Anthony Richardson there with a the top five pick. It's more broad, uh, you know, broad conversations this year. So it's, it's – I've learned a lot. I mean, um, you know, I feel like I know a little bit about the draft going in, but the combine sort of reinforces things and open your opens your eyes to who these players are, and then kind of catapults you into the month of April. Yeah, you know, I thought about that yesterday with Ballard. Year eight for Ballard here at the combine. Really got to go back to year three. The last time he wasn't having to answer so many quarterback questions in one of those combine I settings. Mean, cap space, you're not having to give up draft picks, you're not having to pay a veteran free agent. Right. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's really, Playing really exciting right now. the short term versus the long term the, the only The only drawback yeah. is we don't have the full picture on Anthony Richardson, right? Sure. Only played 15% of the snaps, uh, you know, missed all that time. He's kind of rebooting his rookie season, but for the most part, it, it's exciting all the different ways the Colts could go and it, it makes the Colts a, a very interesting team. To this point, kind of a boring team in the whole NFL cycle of things because you haven't had a head coach hire, no quarterback drama, the coordinators are staying the same. I'm all for it. It makes my life easy. <laughs> He's one of our favorites. He is the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. We are a month away from our red legs getting on a run to the World Series. I've which, seen I've uh, seen 85 wins. We know. Oh, I've seen 68. I, I, I've seen a couple NL Central favorites. That's Matrix. what I mean. It's oh, all over the yeah. it's all over the place. They're a hard team to peg right now. I, th- I think the division as a whole. You've seen is. NL Central favorites, okay? I, 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 I have too. Mark, I mean, who else in the Central? Yeah. I, it just seems like you know it's a bit of a jumbled mess, frankly, right now in the NL Central. Mate, thank you, sir. <laughs> yep. Good luck with uh, with the uh, with everything this week. Appreciate that is you, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, Colts Audio Network, where you can catch all those interviews he was just talking about. All right, nine o'clock hour coming up. Chris Ballard at. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, 
and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 9.30. Chris Ballard sitting down. He's giving us hell because... You thought we is, were the Patriots well, no, station it's, here? It, it's, not our, it's not our fault, but they did. They sat us next to the New England Patriots. How no, are you, Connie, sir? I'm good. No, Connie, he's pointing me this direction. I said, what the freak is this? We're going to the evil empire right away. They want to chat with you next. You'll just slide over yeah, there. Yeah, we're stuck between the Titans and the New England Patriots. How about that? We got the Jags to our right. Well, it's go- uh, good to meet you. Yeah. Uh, General Manager Chris Ballard with us here uh, as we're hanging out live. I've had the combine. I feel like I'm contractually obligated because uh, I'm, a, I'm a media member to ask you about Michael Pittman Jr. and of just uh, those conversations, uh, what he means to the organization. I'll ask you this. Is there more pressure because you know everyone's watching this one because of what he means on the field, off the field? He's obviously uh, a great player for you guys. How are those conversations going and maybe a little bit more pressure what Michael Pittman means to the Indianapolis Colts? No, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, I think we all know Pitt's a really good football player, and he fits us, he fits what we do, fits our culture of what we're doing internally. Um, the, his agent is, he's got a really good agent. He's been great through this entire process. Um, and it, it's just one we just, we'll just continue to work. Um, we'll work especially through the next, this next few days and into next week to see if we can get something done. Um, I'm encouraged about where we're at, but we still got a little work to do on it. Do you feel like you're close on a long-term deal? Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if you ever feel like you're close until the actual contract signed. I learned that a long time ago. Um, it's, but you, you, you think you are, and then it's they're always delicate with negotiations, um, and you just diligently work through. Mike Bloom does an incredible job for us, um, and he kind of knows where, you know, what we have available from a financial standpoint, um, and then plus the other things we want to do and trying to fit it all in. He does a tremendous job, and that's always part of the equation. So, But we're optimistic about where we're at. And I assume if you don't get that long-term deal done by Tuesday, you would tag him? It's a, it's a tool we have. Hopefully we get something done. Never had to use it before, um, and hopefully we get something done before that moment. So if you don't get something done Tuesday, you would let it play didn't, out. Until- didn't I answer this question <laughs> yesterday? I mean, that's just loaded. It's like I can't give a right. I can't give the a tag deadline is is Tuesday. Yeah. Is, is it, it long term deal? Or hopefully bust? we get something done. <laughs> Chris Ballard with us here uh, on the wake up call, uh, a showdown here. I'm in the middle between you and Bowen. By the way, we we do have a clip of you saying freaking Bowen several years ago. So, <laughs> You probably, have no, you probably have no idea. My, my, oh, no. I so, say that all the time. Well, see, at, at, at some point, uh, we may need you. So and, it, my, and it usually doesn't start. It doesn't, the second letter is not usually an R. We have a dumb butt. It's been used. Uh, R- R- Rick Carlisle has put our dumb butt oh, yeah. to use uh, in, the, in the last several weeks. I was going to say, my last name's Sweeney. We may need a freaking Sweeney uh, that we can, we can kind of – can kind of uh, mash them together. Just uh, ask questions about Whitehouse. Well, you'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
there, there you go. That, that'll be that. We'll, 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 we'll keep that to the end uh, of the interview. Uh, obviously, talking about uh, Anthony Richardson, you were asked about him yesterday, uh, not pushing that. Uh, it's good that his rehab is going well. How does he look, and how have the conversations been where you make sure that he's not doing too much too early? No, that's that's a good question. I mean, his doctor's been heavily involved. You know, Dr. Elatrosh did it out in, in California, and he's he's been a, a, a great resource just from a checking standpoint. All right, are we making sure we're hitting the benchmarks that we need to hit? We're not moving, you know, too slow, but also moving at the right pace. Um, and then between him and our rehab team and then a couple other people that he has that he's been working with for a few years, um, there's been really good communication and dialogue to what, you know, where we want Anthony to be at this point, then plus when we get to April, sure. May, June, um, and we're in a good place right now. Will there be anything different, like mechanically, no. with him? No. It'll be all... No, no. It, it, he'll, there won't be any changes. The, the good thing is uh, there wasn't structurally anything wrong with the shoulder, much different than Andrew's case, where Andrew, you know, had a torn labrum, so a much different rehab than Andrew's was. And it's not as quite... A, it's a... It's a it's a serious surgery, but it's not near as labor intensive in terms of the surgery when it you know when it's not a labrum, not a torn ligament. He is Chris Ballard. He's here with us live at the convention center, year eight for the Colts GM. You seem to express a good amount of regret yesterday about the wideout position, um, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but maybe the lack of whatever support you gave Reggie Wayne and that staff last year, coupled with you're really bullish on this year's draft depth at wideout. Um, could you expand a little bit on the regret from last year and not and I, giving that group enough? It, it wasn't as – the regret came like when Dueling came – you know, when you lose a good player, it, it's hard to replace that guy. And so kind of – and look, some of those guys, they gave us some good snaps and did some good things, but finding consistency out of that number four and number five is something we're looking, you know, looking to make sure we shore up. Getting Dueling back will help. His rehab's gone really well. Um, it was a freak. It was a freak accident, you know, with the ACL. I mean, I remember watching the tape over and over again going, how did this happen? He's on grass and he just makes a, I mean, he just makes a, a post cut hmm. and, you know, the knee gives out on him. So, you know, just a little bit of bad luck in that circumstance. And then, you know, the depth part of it, finding, finding a guy that, you know, like Doolin's, Doolin's value is that, one, he plays on, he's a core t- special teamer. Um, He does a lot of the dirty work, um, you know, at wide out, and he can do it from three different spots. And I always felt that he was one of the most undervalued players we kind of had just because of that that role. Uh, Zach Paschal filled it, you know, for a few years, and then Doolin kind of stepped into that role. So having your number fours really has to be able to play multiple spots and give you snaps on teams. Um, you, and I'm telling you, that's a unique thing when you got a guy like Doolin that can do all of them. That's, a, that's got all pro, pro bowl talent as a, as a teamer, then also fill in if he's got to play wide out and actually start a game or two, um, you're still in good shape with him. And you feel this, this crop in this draft is, you know, might, might compare to that 2020 group that yeah. you might have, what, four or five Hall of Famers in that crop? Well, I don't want to stamp them as Hall of Famers <laughs> yet, but they're very ta- it's a very talented deep group, which is good. I look at wide out. Again, Chris Bowd with us here at, at the Combine. You know, Josh Downs seems to be the ideal complement to what you have in that room. How much is getting a little bit more yard after catch? Yeah, I, I mean, at? I think as he gets – I mean, he's still a young 
player and even from a physical development stand- standpoint he's still young you know his body's still maturing and I think that you know as he gets stronger um, and then plus he adjusts to how people are playing him like when you start watching the tape the second part of the season you know people were trying to take Josh away I mean he became really a dangerous you know, weapon for for the offense, and you know, especially on, you know, on money downs when you when you got to have it. So, we we and I and like I, I think we've designated him as a slot only. But I thought some there were times last year where he showed he could play outside too. Um, so we think he's got great versatility. He's got really good upside. You know, Josh, and he's a he's everything you want. Like he works, he cares, he's tough, he fights through things. Like all the stuff you like about him is why he's going to be a good player. You expect Grover and Julian Black, uh, Blackman to be back well I think with all I think with all our free agents um, you know we've had good discussions with all their agents um, you'd like to say absolutely like to have everybody back you know but that's not always realistic um, what at the end of the day uh, whoever we do end up getting back are the ones that we were able to kind of fit in the plan of what we have to try to you know shape this team for next year and you know even the guys we don't you know sometimes it just doesn't work out and sometimes they get more money at another place that we just weren't able to do so we'll see how that works would out. you say the realistic nature to it is you want to do something else and if you bring those top four back if you will that can kind of hamstring you a bit i think you always try to get your own guys back first i mean that's always the priority one because you know them and they know you all right so there's it's one of the funny things with with and especially and i think the fan base i think the media i think even internally like you always see your own players and you see kind of the warts on them and and but and then you see the shiny object in free agency that you've never lived with and you don't know the warts and i think that's always a kind of a balance that it doesn't mean you dislike the player but you well you know maybe if we go get this other guy that's a free agent you know you know maybe he'll he'll fill the role better and he's a shinier new object but that's not always the case and we're always going to lean towards trying to do whatever we can to bring our own guys back sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't He's the general manager of your uh, Indianapolis Colts, Chris uh, Ballard, here with us on the wake-up call on the fan. Uh, your tight end room, the last few years you put a lot of draft picks into that tight end room. Uh, Jelani Woods, uh, it's terrible the setback he had this year, not being able to play. Maybe not a deep draft class this year uh, at tight end. You could talk to that, but what do you make of your tight end room? How much work do you think needs to be done there? Yeah, I mean, look, we were, I think, in totality – it was a it's a it ended up being a productive room for us i mean i think when you add up kind of what everybody did together it ended up being a productive room do we necessarily have you know i said this yesterday you know we don't necessarily have a a kittle or a or a kelsey um but we have really good players in that they all have a little bit different skill set and what they can do and they get points in the season they all made a play that helped us you know from from uh granson who is sometimes I don't he even for being an undersized guy really battles as a blocker Mallory who you know one we got to stay healthy and get him get him a little stronger but he did some really unique things in the passing game uh, that we liked and created some mismatches that that were really good um, and then you talk about Mo who you know all Mo does is show up and and do whatever he's asked to do and do it at a at a good level 
Um, so in terms of the room, and then then when you talk about Jelani, who's really got is is really got a unique skill set because you know because of his length and his ability to run and stretch the field. He's really good when you're talking about the the shallows, the seam routes, uh, the Dovers, the long crossers that you can run with him, and he's a big target for the quarterback. Uh, so getting him back will be a big add. Okay, Chris Bauer is with us here live at the Combine again inside of the Convention Center. Chris, year three it will be for Gus Bradley in this defensive scheme. What is it about Gus's scheme that, that you like and you and Shane wanted to retain? Well, I mean, we've, you know, after year one, you know, with him, and we had a bunch of, I want to say we we had a group coming off, a, you know, a tough 21 season where it didn't end the way we wanted um, with a, a lot of veteran players. And, we, you know, we ended up signing Gilmore and had mm-hmm. some vets. And then we said, you know what, we're going to start, we're going to go back and try to get younger and develop those. So the simplicity won. Um, and that's where I would think that it's been fun to watch. Gus is smart now. He is a smart man. He's a smart coach. Um, I thought he did a really good job adjusting some things last year to what we had, and then we'll continue to build on it. Um, you know, we've done some good things. We've got to eliminate the explosives. I think we all know that. Um, that that you know, making a team have to earn it down the field is a big part of this game. When you give, when you, I mean, we'll play great defense for. 50 snaps in a game, but there's seven or eight that, you know, will give up a play. And so we've, we've got to eliminate that. Some of that was youth. Um, and, you know, some of it was, you know, these guys just hasn't been in these situations. So I think they'll get better. Um, I did think there was areas we didn't, we did improve. We're pretty good on third down. Um, the red zone was better, not where we want it. And that's an area we got to take even a, a better, a bigger step for. We'll always be front driven. Um, you've got to keep nine, ten guys in the stable um, that can rotate in and take snaps where those other guys can, can, you know, really give the max effort when they're in the game. You know, that's always the – that's always and that's hard, you know, to have nine or ten. I thought last year was a really good group. I mean, I thought that what, you know, between – you know, you got your first four, then you have your second wave of guys. And there's some young guys we're excited about. Like, I still think Quiddy and Dio will take a whole nother – I think there's more – another step they can really take. I think Eric Johnson will continue to prove from a small school. We picked up a kid from Dallas last year that kind of got glossed over was Isaiah Lamb that we think has real upside as a rusher. And I think you saw he was only active for – five or six games last year, but when he was active, we saw some really good things out of him. He just, you know, small school, young, needed, really needed a year of work, and it'd be fun to watch his development this offseason. Chris Ballard with us here uh, on the Wake Up Call on the fan. Uh, we've done a lot of position stuff. I-, I wanted to ask you this because one thing that kind of struck me, you know, fans, after a loss, people, you know, people get angry, and I'm, and I'm talking about, you know, the heartbreaker, obviously losing to Houston at the end of the year. You had that press conference after the season, you talked for like 45 minutes, an hour or so, and I thought at the end, you kind of bared your heart out, your soul almost, uh, where you're like, you know, hey, that game was on Saturday. I came in here on Sunday, and I was alone in the facility. Um, what was that day, that night, and that next day when you're in the facility and you know you were right there from making the postseason? What's going through your mind? Kind of what's the emotion as you're sitting there in an empty facility? facility and you're alone in your office it's um you know anytime you get 
that close, you know, the division title on the line, then you don't finish it out. And look, it's happened, you know, in 21 when we didn't finish it out at the end of the year, and then in 23 we don't finish it out. Um, and it was a and and what I will say about the game, like it was a heck of a game versus Houston, which, you know, you look at it, you know kind of hindsight now i mean houston was playing really good football mm-hmm. at the time i mean they went and beat up they bit the i mean they handled cleveland pretty easily in that playoff game and then you know really for a half gave baltimore a good run um and it was a heck of a football game and at the end of the day you know they made you know one or two more plays than than we made and that <laughs> that can be a, a tough pill to swallow but one you have to swallow mm-hmm. you can't just ignore you know that you didn't get it done and that's a frustrating frustrating it's frustrating but the things i was encouraged about was to watch our team compete the intensity watching a lot of these young players compete that was encouraging for the future um i suck handling loss like it's Mm -hmm. like game day i'm the worst there's (laughs) nobody i mean i turn into like the fans have no idea like i turn into them and if like if they saw it they would go okay that's that's how i act too except they're probably not punching walls and throwing (laughs) chairs against the Sitting in front of you in the Cincinnati press box, I was reminded about. That. Was there a chair? Was there a chair thrown in that in that Texans game? No, no. that was pretty good. Okay. That was pretty good. Okay. That one was pretty good. Well, like fans of- don't fans don't see that. They see the result. But I mean, you're in there the next day. This is your livelihood, and it's like you were that close, and yeah. you know you were that close. Yeah, and look, I mean, that's the. That's the great thing about our league. It is so co- – like the difference between six wins and 11 oh, wins. It's unbelievable. Is, it could be six or seven plays in a, in a season. Well, think of your game with Cleveland earlier in the season. Yeah. I mean, literally, ah, well, you may not want to, yeah. I mean, a call here or there, a play here or there. Try not to get yeah, fined sorry. here on yeah. this uh, Thursday morning at the Combine. We are live I don't quite combine. have Mr. Say stroke. <laughs> we are live here at the Combine. Chris Ballard is with us. Chris, year eight for you. I don't need to remind you of these numbers, but it's one playoff win. It's zero division titles yep. in your era. Why don't you feel like you've had more success? I think you, Kevin, I think you know me well enough to know I'm like either you get it done or you don't. I'm not going to sit here and ever. The easy thing would be to make an excuse and look at the end of the day, not getting the quarterback position right has hampered it. And that falls on me. I don't fall on anybody else but, but me. And it's something that, you know, you you learn and you grow from i think we've done good with anthony now i think time will play all play out um but my failures in that space and with a with a position that's so important um you have to get that right you have to have a guy that that can that can actually you know lead you and make plays in critical moments um that's the great separator in our league i think you see it every year in the playoffs i think you see it with teams that really excel and go forward they have a guy at that position that you know when the game's on the line or when there's there's real leverage points in the game where you need to make a play he makes a play do you view roster building as there are positions that are more premium than others that's a that's a good question i mean look i think you know me by now i think the front both O-line and D-line are critical to win in this league. I do. And I'm not taking anything away from the other positions, but I think as the season goes on, it shows up more and more. Teams that are good up front, usually, at least it gives you a chance each and every Sunday. 
I think we've all seen when you're not good up front, the result of that. Unless you have a, just a true ma- magician back there at quarterback that can that can somehow overcome it. But always, my mindset has always been that way. And look, I learned that from a long time back in Chicago, and then and then looking at what Coach Reed. I mean, Andy. That was one of the things Andy always. I mean. You never go short up front. And you look at how their team's built. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, you know, it's yeah, quarterback no and then it's up front. I mean, and I just think in the long run, that still wins in our league. Last one from me. You mentioned explosive back about a month and a half ago. You want to get more explosive. How much of that is simply you just think the presence of number five under center gives you that? And how much of that is, no, we need to go outside the building and make sure we do a little bit more there, too? Well, unequivocally, I think the, the quarterback's going to help. I think it showed when he was when he was in the game. Um, you know, his, I mean, like, I thought one of the really cool, and it sucks that we didn't finish it out, but the, but the Ram game, I thought, like, in the second half, I, you know, you're, we play like crap in the first half. And, and credit to the Rams. I mean, they kicked it. I mean, excuse me. They kicked the crap Mark, out dump, of us. Dump that, Mark. Yeah, please, thank yeah, you. Scratch that one out. They, they kicked the crap out of us in the first half. But the explosives that he was able to create in the second half was really fun to watch. But when you have, like, that's the one thing about, like, Jonathan Taylor. Like, Jonathan can turn a a one, two-yard run into a 40, 50-yard run. Having, you know, making sure we, we add another element to the offense that's really good after the catch that can create the play that's not, not there. Chris Ballard with us here. And by the way, the Jonathan Taylor, that Houston game, one of his, uh, yeah. no doubt, f- finer games. Uh, need to ask you this. Um, you know, you don't have to give up too much, but, you know, free agency, draft, all this is happening. Uh, how much contact have you had with Mr. Ursay uh, in that? How are those conversations? Is obviously he's getting uh, over his illness yeah. that he's been dealing with. I actually talked for 30 minutes last night. Um, and he's good. It was. It's really good. No, he is like Mr. Arce is always going to be involved. Um, I mean, it's one of the things I really appreciate about him is that he's done this job before, so he understands the the ups and downs of it. He understands the, you know, the negotiating part of it. Sure. Um, and of course, I lean on him. And so we had a, a great talk last night. I kept him abreast. We'll talk again here when the combine's over and kind of tell him, okay, here's where I think we're at and here's where we're going. Um, but all good. Colts GM Chris Ballard. Chris, we don't want to keep you any longer. I know Brock Bauer's about to meet the media, and I'm sure you're a fan of wanting to hear that, right? <laughs> I, think, I think Kevin wants to go over there and uh, get a glance of him I as well. I mean, like, I've never seen a guy flip. Y'all would ca- I mean, from Mr. Wideout to now Mr. Tight End. Pass I mean, catcher. it's a – He wants a, He wants no, hey, hold on. You saw okay. the Hold on. Hold on here. Now here. it's a pass. Okay, so now we've redefined it as pass catcher. Bowen, he's a hybrid. He's a hybrid. Hybrid. <laughs> the pass yeah. catchers. Yeah. Kelsey Kittle, Laporta, Mark Andrews. Chris, thank you for the time. Thank Appreciate you. It. I know you're busy, man. This week. Right. Freaking Sweeney. There, there we go. go. There we go. That's what I'm that is the about. Colts GM.